Welcome to Highlands Church Audio Sermons. Today, August 5th, 2018, we conclude our series titled Ephesians Made Worthy, Walk Worthy. Today's sermon, Walking Warrior Part 3, will be taught to us by Pastor Thomas Slager out of Ephesians chapter 6, verses 18 through 24. Enjoy! This morning we're in Walking Warrior Part 3. In Walking Warrior Part 1 and 2, we saw that we're in a fight, um, that our fight isn't against people, even though it seems like on a day-to-day basis we're always fighting with one another. Um, But we saw that the church is actually in a fight, a spiritual fight against Satan and his schemes, his demons, uh, and everything in that realm. In addition to that, we saw six things the Lord has given us in the armor of God. It's one of those things we've probably studied Since we were children, it was the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of readiness given by the gospel of peace. And then we're told to take up the shield of faith. And we saw last week that there's arrows flying at us constantly and faith is a thing we're to take up and extinguish those. We're to put on the helmet of salvation and also take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. This morning we come to the final instruction of Walking Warrior. If you don't like Walking Warrior, then you can take the alternate title to today's sermon, which is the end of Ephesians, um, because that's what we're doing. <laughs> Ephesians 6, 18 through 24. If you've got a Bible, go ahead and grab it. You can get that out. If you're using the app, you can type there. Otherwise, turn there. Ephesians chapter 6. Verses 18 through 24 is where we're at. I would like to start, though, in verse 14 to get the context. We'll go in 13 to get the context of the whole armor of God once more. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 13 all the way through 24. Paul says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Now this is the new stuff we're going to cover today from 18 on. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly, as I ought to speak. So that you also may know how I am and what I'm doing, Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are, that he may encourage your hearts." Peace be to the brothers in love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. Let's pray. God, though it's my voice that's been heard, we recognize this morning it's your word that's been spoken. And God, this morning we submit to that word as being the ultimate authority for our life. And God, we ask that you would lead us and guide us this morning as we discuss the walking warrior, the prayer warrior, if you will, of what it looks like to pray at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication and what it looks like to be alert and to persevere and to pray for all the saints. God, we ask that you would give us words and you'd give us wisdom and insight and understanding this morning as we seek to know you better and to understand how we ought to live our life of those who have been made worthy. God, help us walk worthy in it this morning. God, we love you. In Christ's name we pray, amen. 
uh, we're talking about prayer this morning. Uh, This is what we see at the end of this whole thing is that communication is key. And really, communication is key for every relationship, is it not? Uh, Men, think of the relationship with your wife. What is the fight normally over? Why won't you tell me anything? It's communication. Uh, Last week, I just had a bummer of a week. I don't know why. I was just in a funk the whole time. And Saturday, my wife says, what's wrong with you? I said, oh, I'm just in a funk. And to me, that was communicating, right? I was opening up. Like, I'm in a funk. And she was like, so that's it. That's how we cracked that shell. Was this that one? No, it's not. It's communication. We're supposed to be having this ongoing communication with the people that we love. And what we see at the end of this walking warrior is this prayer warrior, this person who's always talking to the Lord, someone who's always receiving instruction from the Lord. And it really makes sense when you think about it. You could think about it in terms of sports. You could think about it in terms of business. Or you could think about it in terms um, of even being in war. Athletes are really good, right? They might train a ton and a ton and a ton. And they're given a playbook, just like we've been given a playbook. Um, but then they're also given a coach. And the coach is the one communicating the playbook to them. In the same way, God's given us this suit of armor. And then he says, here's, here's the playbook. Here's we're going to do it. Now, hey, listen and take my instruction. Talk with me. You could look at it from a business perspective. Yeah, you know your job, but how are you supposed to know what you're supposed to do unless that's actually handed down from you and you trust the instruction that's being given to you? It's the same thing that we see in the spiritual warfare. God says, take up the armor, put the armor on, and now listen. Pray, 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 pray. That's what we're going to look at this morning. We're primarily going to look at verse 18. That's it. Uh, We'll get through the rest of it, but we're going to spend a lot of time looking just at verse 18. 18, to talk about prayer. There's a lot on prayer, by the way. Um, This is where my my brain has been this week. Can you put these notes up on the screen? I'd love to show you kind of where where the headspace I've been living in. Can you see that? Um, It makes sense to me a little bit. This was my daughter Audrey's help uh, last night. If you can interpret, please do. I know it's profound. Uh, but but there's, there's so much on prayer, and, and my tendency is always to talk too much too long and tell you everything about anything, uh, and, and I'm going to try to not do that this morning, but just stick with the passage and, and look at what Paul tells us in regard to prayer. So here's the first section, verses 18 through 20. It's the believer's battle cry. It's prayer. It's the thing we ought to always be doing throughout the whole thing, and in verse 18 alone, we see six principles of how the prayer warrior ought to pray. Just in verse 18, I'll read verse 18 again. It says, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Now we read it and we just gloss over a bunch of things, but there's actually six different principles in there from which we can learn. And the first principle is this, that we are to pray continually. Paul says, pray at all times. We are to pray continually. Continually. Now, how many of us treat prayer as a last resort? Right, you enter into a, a conflict in your home, your family, your workplace situation, and whatever it is, you do everything you can to figure it out. And then when you realize you don't have what it takes, you're like, all right, God, I've done everything. Now, could you help me? A couple weeks ago, working through another sermon outline, I was sitting down with Ed, he's one of our pastors, uh, and I'm like, I just can't figure it out. And he's like, well, have you prayed about it? I'm like, duh, no. I should do that, right? It's, it's a no-brainer. We know we're supposed to pray. In fact, that's the one thing most of us probably know for sure about prayer is that we don't do it enough. 
Yet Paul's instruction is that we ought to pray continually. Paul, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, he says this. He says, rejoice when it's convenient and God's doing great things in your life. Uh, always, rejoice always. This is the expectation. Pray uh, without ceasing. So this is after you've done everything you can and try to figure it out on your own. Then maybe ask God for some help. And then that's not what he said. Pray without ceasing, this constant ongoing thing. And then he says, give thanks in the circumstances you enjoy, right? Like, no, it's, this is what he says. Give, rejoice always. Always be thanking God for what he's doing in your life. Pray without ceasing. We should have this ongoing communication with the Lord throughout our day, every day. Give thanks in all circumstances, the bad ones and the good ones, everything. And then he says, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That's a good question to have. You ever find yourself wondering what's God's will? What's God's will for my life? To talk with you. That's what this says. God's will for your life is that he could have a conversation with you. That you'd have communication, that you'd have relationship. Remove the communication and it's almost like the relationship doesn't end up going where it's supposed to be. Now that concept of praying continually and praying without ceasing, it's, it's kind of intimidating, is it not? How am I supposed to pray all day long, every day? Right, like I, I'm not good at it. How am I just gonna do it all the time? All of a sudden, well, I don't think you should do it like that. Think of uh, New Year's resolutions. This is the year I lose 20 pounds. And then you go to the gym the first day and push it way too hard. Everything hurts, so you quit. <laughs> right? You jump all in and we're just everything right away. Well, well what, if, what if we did it like this? What if we scheduled short times to pray that we knew we could manage, that we knew we could maintain, even if it's three minutes? Now, to some of you, you're like... Oh, three minutes is an eternity. What am I supposed to pray about? Well, God will lead you and guide you and give you things to say. But what if we took three minutes in the morning or three minutes in the afternoon or just picked regular times we could maintain and say, these are the times I'm going to pray every day. If we start doing that and schedule them and actually get in the habit of talking with the Lord and this idea of praying without ceasing and praying continually, praying at all times, as he says it here, will come much more naturally to us. How should the walking warrior pray? The walking warrior should pray continually. Secondly, how should the walking warrior pray? He says, praying at all times in the spirit. The walking warrior should pray in the spirit. Now, when we start talking about the Holy Spirit, people get weird. They're like, oh, don't mention that one. That's like the awkward cousin of the Trinity, right? We don't talk about him a whole lot. Uh, but but what's, he, what's he talking about? Well, he's talked about the Spirit already in the book of Ephesians. In chapter 1, we found out that those who are called by, by Jesus to be in relationship with him have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. That means if you are in Christ, if you believe in the life, death, resurrection of Jesus for the salvation and, and redemption of your life, then, then you are in Christ. And if you are in Christ, therefore, the Holy Spirit is in you. If you are in Christ, the Holy Spirit is in you. And here he says, we ought to pray in the Spirit. Romans chapter 8, verses 26 through 27. Uh, we looked at this briefly last week, too. We've got it up on the screen for you. It says, likewise, the Spirit helps. That's an interesting word. In John 16, what does Jesus call the Holy Spirit? The helper. The helper. We've been given a helper. The helper is inside of us. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. You ever been in this place before where you're like, I'm, I'm feeling like I should pray? There's nothing there. Like I feel like something's going on in that person's life and I should be talking with them or lifting them up in prayer and then we go to pray and we're like, I just, 
don't know how. What, don't know what to say. This is what this is talking about. We don't know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. This is all throughout scriptures, by the way. We are always supposed to be led by and walk by the Spirit. If you've got a Bible, you can go to Galatians chapter five. It's just one book left of Ephesians. You might be two pages away. You're real close. Galatians chapter five, starting in verse 16, Paul says this, but I say, walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. So in the beginning of Ephesians, we see that we've been sealed with the Spirit. Um, and at the end of Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 6, we see we're supposed to pray in the Spirit. In Galatians 5, we see we're supposed to walk by the Spirit. He's supposed to lead us and guide us every day as we navigate through this mess called life. He's there to help us. He even helps us as we pray. Now, this doesn't necessarily have to do with the words we are praying, but has to do with how we approach prayer. It's a great thing to sit down with your prayer list and say, these are the things I want to pray, pray for. Uh, it's another great thing to leave space. To leave space. A few, go, a few weeks ago, I was sitting down in a coffee shop um, and praying, not like a, like a weird coffee shop prayer, just kind of like pretending I was doing something else but talking to God inside my head, um, which also sounds kind of weird to talk inside your head, but that's not the point. Uh, and as I'm praying, I have a, a friend of mine come to mind. I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. I haven't thought about him for a long time. Do you know what that is? That's the Spirit, like leading and helping us intercede and helping us pray for people. Man, I should probably check in with him. Um, so I just shot him a text. Hey, man, hope things are well. I'm not sure what's going on. I was praying this morning, and, you, and you're on my heart. Uh, and he texted me back later that afternoon and said, things aren't good, man. Just lost my job. Oh, that's, that's this. That's praying in the Spirit. That's what happens when we leave space for God to move. He leads us and he guides us and helps us see things and know things we otherwise wouldn't see or know. How should the walking warrior pray? The walking warrior should pray in the spirit. How else should the walking warrior pray? Uh, number three, the walking warrior should pray a variety. A variety. In verse uh, 18, he says that praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer in supplication. There's a great book called Pilgrim's Progress by a guy named John Bunyan. Have you read this book before? If you haven't, it's short and sweet. It's a great read. I encourage you to go pick that up. The Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan. John Bunyan actually refers to all prayer as the seventh piece of armor, as if it's just another thing that we put on. Uh, I wouldn't, per se, disagree with such a theological giant, but maybe I wouldn't see it as a piece of armor. I think it's just an instruction that God's given us to do along the way, that we would have all prayer and supplication. Well, what does he mean by all prayer and supplication? I think most of us have a tendency to treat God like Santa Claus. Hey, um, God, could you give me this? In Jesus' name, amen. I said in Jesus' name, gotta give it to me. Ah, I twisted your arm, right? Uh, hey, hey, God, could you, uh, could you do this for me? Hey, God, could you give me this? Hey, God, could you? And, and here's the thing. Jesus doesn't condemn those things. He says, whatever you want, ask for it in my name, and I'll give it to you. In my name, according to my will, and if it fits the plan, then yeah, that's going to happen. Ask for it. If you have desires, if your heart has wishes, and let them be known to the Lord, ask him. By all means, ask him. But if all we're doing is come before him, coming before him and saying, could you, could you, could you, could you, could you, we are missing out on so many different things. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, Paul mentions quite a few different things we can pray about. He says, do not be anxious about Anything, how many anxious people we got in the church today? I'll raise my hand, I'll raise a hand and a foot even, right? Because anxiety is a thing that, I, that I'm constantly working through. Do not be anxious 
about anything, but in everything, by prayer, talking with God, supplication, these are requests, and thanksgiving, thanking God for what he's doing in your life, let your requests be made known to God. Even here, Paul says, make your requests known, but do so with a different attitude. Be thankful for the things God is doing in your life. Pray, just have a conversation with him. That in itself, the word prayer, people are like, I don't know how, what do I say? Here's, here's how you start. Hi. How would you start a conversation with a friend? How would you start a conversation with your spouse? Hi. And then you, you, you just talk, it's prayer. And Paul lists a few different things of prayer here, not just this constant request and this constant to-do list we offer up before the Lord, but he says uh, thanksgiving, he says supplication, he says request. As a kid, I learned a really wonderful model of prayer. I'd like to give it to you this morning. It's called ACTS, A-C-T-S. It's an acronym, and the first one stands for adoration. Adoration, how should we pray? We should, we should adore him, we should worship him. We should, we should launch into our prayer with that. God, you are amazing. God, you are good. In fact, if we look through the Psalms, grab your Bible again, we're gonna look at a few different examples for these things. Uh, you can go to Psalm chapter 139. Psalm chapter 139, because we see uh, the psalmist adore, we see the psalmist worship within his prayer. Look at verse 13 through 14. This is another well-known verse. You've, you've, probably, you've probably heard it. Psalm 139, verse 13. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. We should spend time in our prayer, all prayer, just worshiping. God, you're so good. I don't understand why you're so good to me, but you are so, so good to me. God, I praise you. Though I don't understand what's going on in this situation, God, I praise you because I know that you are sovereign and you are in control. We spend time adoring who he is. There's also confession, Psalm 51. Flip to the left to Psalm 51. We see another prayer, a prayer of confession, or you could even say a prayer of repentance. Though repentance is the action, not just the changing of your mind, it's a changing of the will, and then your actions flow from that, Psalm 51, this is post-David and Bathsheba and killing Uriah and that whole thing that went on. Psalm 51, he, David says, have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. He goes on elsewhere and says, against you, in verse four, against you and only you have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin. And he goes through this whole thing of, God, I was wrong. I was wrong. The word confess literally means agree with. So in our confession, we come before the Lord and we say, God, you said that thing was wrong. I did it anyways, but you know what? I agree with you. That was wrong and I shouldn't have done it. Not just a list of requests and a to-do list we give to the Lord, but we worship him, we confess our sins to him. Thirdly, there's thanksgiving in Psalm 86, just a little bit to the right. Psalm, no, I'm sorry, not Psalm 86. We'll go to Psalm 136. We'll go to 86 next. Psalm 136, it's a prayer of thankfulness. I mean, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of ages. 
for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the, and he keeps going on. Give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. We should spend time in our prayers thanking God for who he is and for what he has done, not just asking him to do things for us, in us, with us, and through us. Psalm 86, it's a prayer of supplication. These are requests. God, would you do this on my behalf? God, would you help me with this? God, will you show up in this area of my life? It's encouraged, it's not discouraged, but if all we're ever doing is coming before the Lord and saying, God, could you, would you, should you, we're missing it. How should the the walking warrior pray? The walking warrior should pray a variety of prayers. Number four, how should the walking warrior pray? They should pray with an alertness. The walking warrior should pray with an alertness, or you could say within awareness. We're to pray at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, be alert. Be alert. Well, why would we be alert? First um, Peter 5.8, it's not on the screen, but I'll read it to you. It says, be sober-minded, be watchful, be alert. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, pours around, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Why should we be alert? Why should we be aware? Why should we be paying attention to what's going on in our world, in our circumstances? Why? Because in the same way that Christ is alive, um, the devil is alive and he's active and he's building a system. We should be alert to that. Luke 21, verse 36, this is Jesus to his disciples warning them about some things that are about to come upon them. And he says this, stay awake at all times. Be alert, be watchful. Hey, wake up and, and check out what's going on around you. Praying all over the place, being awake and being alert and being watchful in prayer are linked together. Colossians chapter four, verse two, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful. Pay attention. Another thing being alert and being aware does is it helps us understand what to pray for. If we're constantly kind of scanning the horizon and trying to find out, God, what's out there that you'd have me pray for? Um, He will give us more things to pray for. How should the walking warrior pray? The walking warrior should pray with an alertness. How else should the walking warrior pray? The walking warrior should pray persistently. He uses the word perseverance. He says, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. The walking warrior should pray persistently. Uh, I heard a stat on a podcast I was listening to, and they said most people quit at 70% of their mental and physical capacity. Whether it's a difficult situation you find yourself going through, if you feel like you're ready to quit, congratulations, you have 30% left. If it's a physical thing, if I just can't endure this much more pain and suffering, congratulations, you've hit 70%, keep on keeping on. There's more room, you can push on, you can stand firm. We do the same thing in our prayers. We're like, I've been praying for a while. I feel like I I could be done. Nope, keep going. Congratulations, you've hit 70%. Press on, power through it, pray persistently. Colossians 4.2, we had it up on the screen a moment ago. We'll put it back up. He says, continue steadfast. Don't quit. Don't give up when you feel like your prayers aren't being answered. Think about that for a second. How many of you are the byproduct of someone's steadfast prayer? How many of you had a mom or a grandma or a dad or a grandpa or a friend in their prayer closet constantly praying that God would save your soul? It's the result of steadfast prayer. Do not give up. In fact, raise your hands again. If you're the result of that, if you said, you know what, someone prayed for me and that's why I'm here. Guys, look around. It's worth it. It works. Do not give up. Persevere. 
Continue pressing on and push through. How should the prayer warrior pray? They should pray with a persistence. How else should the prayer warrior pray? Well, he says we should pray selflessly. He says we should pray selflessly. He says that we make supplication for all of the saints, not just ourself. Philippians chapter two tells us to do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than ourselves. Does that attitude reflect itself even in your prayer life? Are you looking around at your family, at your friends and saying, God, would you move mightily in my kids' hearts? Would you move mightily in my parents' hearts? Would you move mightily in my friends' hearts? Keep in mind, we're all in this war together. It's not just you going at it alone. There's actually a warrior on your left and a warrior on your right. Even right now as we sit in church on a beautiful Sunday morning, we're in a fight. Are you praying for the person on your left? Are you praying for the person on your right? That's what he tells us. We ought to pray selflessly for those around us. I'm gonna finish going through this. And at the end, we're actually gonna take a moment and pray together for um, the needs of in our church. So first Paul exhorts the church to pray and then he actually offers them an example of how or what they can be praying for. In Ephesians 6 verses 19 through 20, I want to show you a couple things. We've got it up on the screen for you. I'm going to use the fun pencil thing. Uh, We'll do three things, three different colors so you can see what's happening here. Because he gives us an example of not just why we should pray and how we should pray, but then he says, and also pray for me, which by the way, that should be an encouragement to you because I don't like bugging people with my problems, but Paul says, hey, I got problems and I need help, so please, please pray for me. We should be humble enough that we can come to our brothers and sisters and say, hey, I need your help. I need you to lift me up this week and pray. There are three things that Paul, uh, insights we can gain from here. For one, he says that words may be given to me and opening my mouth. Paul basically says, hey, I plan on opening my mouth to share the gospel wherever I go. Would you pray that God would just put the words in there? Would you pray that God would lead me, that God would guide me? Because I don't want to say something foolish. I just want to say what God wants me to say. Normally before services and sermons, when I'm up here pacing like a fool, like a sad, crazy dog or something, this is what I'm asking for. God, please, would you give me words? Please, would Thomas just fade away in the background and would Christ be elevated? Would I decrease and would Christ increase? That's my prayer every time and that's what Paul is praying for. Would you give me the words? I don't want Paul's agenda. I want Christ's agenda to shine through in my life. The second thing he prays for, he says it twice, that I would have boldness. That words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. How should we share the gospel? Boldly. That's why Paul in Romans 1.1.6, he says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because it's powerful. It's powerful, and through that power, we should find great, great courage. And there's a third example to be learned of something Paul doesn't pray for. He says, I am an ambassador in change. Um, If I'm facing some discomfort, I'm probably going to pray for relief from the discomfort. Would you not? If I've been imprisoned for something, I would probably pray something along the lines of, God, could you sneak in one of those cakes we see from the movies that have a big knife in it so I can cut my way out, right? That's not what he prays for. He says, yeah, my situation's kind of a bummer, but the purpose of my life has never changed. I will constantly preach the gospel. 
See, all too often we find ourselves praying that God would relieve us from our circumstances when really God might be uh, placing us exactly where we're supposed to be, delivering us with the same purpose. And for Paul, that's preach the gospel. And if Paul finds himself as an ambassador in chains at house arrest in Rome, he says, no, that's cool. God brought me here. Um, My purpose remains. Preach the gospel. Help me do it with boldness that I'd open my mouth. It's the example he gives us in prayer. Uh, the second point on your outline, uh, we're almost done, by the way. If you're freaking out, like, holy moly, <laughs> he's talking for a while. Here's the second point. Uh, it's the beloved brother Tychicus. Sometimes we just brush over these things and don't pay attention to them. Um, some of the stuff is really specific to the church in Ephesus. Uh, I don't believe Tychicus is going to walk through the door now and say, beloved, <laughs> and give us an update. Um, however, that's what he would have done to the church in Ephesus. But there is something to be learned even just in the way that Paul speaks of this guy. He says, so that you may also know how I am doing. Tychicus, and then look at his descriptors. The beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord will tell you everything. How does Paul speak of his friends and family in the faith? He speaks to them as beloved brothers and faithful ministers and qualifies them as being in the Lord. What's a lesson learned or a question we could ask? How do you speak of your friends and family? Do you recognize them first by their faults? Or do you recognize them by the title that Christ has given them, beloved brother? Are they faithful ministers, co-laborers? Do you see them as being in the Lord? And then flip that on your head. What do your friends and family say about you? Are you known as beloved brother, beloved sister? Are you known as faithful ministry? Are you known for your faith in the Lord? All examples and things we can glean just from the way that Paul says goodbye. The final thing that we see is the benediction. It's Paul's way of saying, hey, I love you guys and we'll talk to you soon. He leaves them with four big things that we've seen throughout the whole book. He says, peace to the brothers. That's been a theme of our study. Love, that's been another theme. With faith, that's been another theme from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Then he says, grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. Three times he mentions love. Why would he do such a thing? Because throughout our time in Ephesians, we've seen that God loves us with an immeasurable love and we ought to do the same. That he's made us worthy, that the cross of Christ, the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ has made us worthy. We saw in Ephesians chapter two that by grace we've been saved and this is through faith. It's not of our own doing. It's a gift of God, not of work so that no one may boast. Why are you worthy? because God has made you worthy through the blood of his son. Therefore, how are we to live? We should love. We have been made worthy, and therefore we ought to love worthy. As I said, we're gonna spend some time praying real quick before I close this out. Every single Sunday, uh, we'll do a couple songs, and then we'll pray, and then we'll do announcements and everything else. And we make supplication for all the saints of our church. And I'd actually like us to do that um, right now. We have all of the prayer requests on the screens. Can you go ahead and throw those up for us right now? If you're sitting over in the left left section, pray for something on the left. If you're over in the right section, pray for something on the right. I believe we have them both on the side screens, out on the walls uh, as well. These are the requests that have been made by the saints of Highlands Church. And I'm going to give you just a moment to lift up your friends and family, your brothers, sisters in Christ. And then I'll come back and close us in just a couple minutes. God, thanks for hearing us. 
God, if you didn't want to hear our voice, then you wouldn't tell us to talk to you. But God, for the simple reason that you've told us to talk to you, we know that you want to hear us. God, would we not fight this fight on our own? Would we go to war with our armor on, but also would we continually receive instruction from you? Holy Spirit, would you lead us and guide us? Would you give us words to speak when we don't know what to say? Would you give us things to pray for when we don't know what to pray? God, thank you for this study in Ephesians. Thank you for changing our hearts. God, I know you have done a mighty, mighty work in my life just through this, this series in Ephesians, God. So thank you for the letter. Thank you for what you're doing in the hearts of everyone here at Highlands Church. God, we love you. Would you help us pray more? In Christ's name we pray. Highlands Church, would we build our lives on the foundation of Christ's love because he has made us worthy. Would we walk worthy and pursue him daily in our prayers? We love you, folks. Be blessed. Bye.